Hi, this is Eddie Deason. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's laboratory. Ha 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 ha. You are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Hey, what's up, guys? Chris Wild back. Or Chris Wild. <laughs> okay, obviously I'm living in the past somewhere. Chris Stolly back with another Breaking the Fourth Wall podcast. And today I'm honored and privileged for episode 101 to sit down with actor, writer, director, producer i might be missing a couple things he's a fa- he's a father he's a husband he's mr pat lascarbo pat how you doing today well i'm just great happy new year happy new year i forgot new year's was only a couple days ago <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like i haven't talked to you for uh, since last year <laughs> yeah we, we scheduled this interview a year ago i mean i'm happy we're finally getting this <laughs> that's how busy i've been Wow! Yeah, he's a hard man to get, and he he has been busy. Um, I mean, you could look up his IMDb yourself and just see like how many films he's done and how many films he's going to do, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, one of the biggest ones it does throw in here is a a demo reel. Pat, oh, my demo reel. Yeah, yeah come here. My demo, my demo reel. Yeah, it's I've got like six of those things. Which which one are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. It's it, the, the the way the uh, the picture, and then next to it is just like a two minute and twenty eight second demo reel. It looks like seven videos, twenty six images. I, I did. I did. I don't know what it's about, but it's like it's the first time I ever saw a demo reel on an IMDb page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put all my demo reels on there. I'm like, oh, I'll put, stick it all in one spot. That way, people can just find me and find all the stuff that I've done so far that I'm that I actually want to put in a demo reel. Trust me, there's some stuff that I've done that is not on my demo reel and will never be. And hopefully, uh, no one will ever know it ever happened. You know, I <laughs> I used to be a professional, independent professional wrestler, and. Uh, I feel the exact same way about some matches. In fact, there's some out there floating around the internet that I wish I could make go away because you're just, <laughs> you're just not proud of them. <laughs> oh yeah, I am. I, well, I, I was, there's one that's on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say there's one that's on a streaming platform. I'm not going to name the streaming platform. People can just go look and try and find it. <laughs> and my sister happened upon it, and she's like, "What in the blue hell?" Is this? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, uh, I needed some money, um, and, and uh, um, the, the, it was a good payday for a day of shoot. So I took the, I took the the gig. She's like, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, well, hopefully you're the only one who's seen it. She goes, oh no, everybody at work has seen this now. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the hardest part. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the uh, with the the question that I usually try to avoid the uh, easy questions, but uh, we'll start with the question that most people will probably ask: What got you into acting? Yeah. Okay, so what got me into acting? And this is this is a, a fairly a strange and, and and weird story. I went to Catholic school, which, by the way, I got expelled from, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> so um, I, I went to Catholic school, and they were doing um, uh, the, the 
the story of, of the birth of Christ. It was a Christmas pageant. Right. And they were doing the, 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 that story, right? So there was this really cute girl named Mary. And I, and she was going up for the role of Mary. And, and, and I'm like, I, 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 I want to, I want to, I want to be next to her. So I'm, I'm going to go for the role of Joseph. I'm going to go. Right. So, um, I decided to go for the role of Joseph. I got the role of Joseph. So, um, uh, Mary, Mary Walsh, by the way, was her name. And, uh, if she's still out there, hi, Mary. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I, I haven't met her since, but, uh, I did that did that and i was the only one in the whole entire cast who actually had their whole entire lines memorized and and oh, wow. <laughs> everyone was like looking for lines all over the place and i was i was seriously did this and and i was joseph and and i wanted to, to, to date her but that never happened because you know uh, we were kids and it just it didn't happen and parochial school is not you know a real great dating pool let's just be realistic about that <laughs> uh so <laughs> so uh i, I did that and i kind of got the bug there then the very next thing i did um, was for a local church that I was in. It was a story of Job. And I played Job. And Job doesn't have a lot of lines because Job basically just kind of lays on a dung heap and, and dies, basically. It's kind of what Job does. Right. But uh, I didn't have a lot of lines. And the guy, or the kid, I should say, who was going to be playing Satan didn't show up. Oh, no. Didn't show up at all. Okay. Well, I knew everybody's lines. So basically, I said, well, I can be Satan. She goes, well, who's going to be Job? I'm like, well, Job and Satan are never really in the same scene. So I'll just do both. Nice. So I basically damned myself because I was Satan and, and Job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and, and after that, everyone said, wow, you've got a real talent for this. You know, you can memorize real well. And you, and so I just started doing little things after that, like church plays. And then I got to high school and then I did uh, a musicals. I did uh Brigadoon was the first big thing that I was ever in. <clears throat> okay, and I played Harry Beaton because I could do a really good Scottish accent at the time, um, uh, compared to everyone else, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and I I got a role in that, and then it just kind of skyrocketed from there. But I did take thirteen years off to have the six daughters that I have. Right. Um, <laughs> took thirteen years off and didn't do anything, and then for the longest time, I was like, I wonder if I could still do this. I wonder if I could still do this. And and there was a I, I didn't even realize this where I lived I lived in a little place called Horseshoe Bay Texas look that up it's like a, got a population of about seven anyway um so I was living in Horseshoe Bay Texas and I had to drive through this place called Cottonwood Shores and they had a theater there I drove by the place forever never even noticed it was a theater and I saw a big sign that said auditions and I was like you know what I wonder if I still got anything left in the tank I wonder if I can do this <laughs> so sure enough I went in audition I got a role. And I did the next 14 shows in a row there. Oh, wow. And well, while I was doing, yeah, while I was doing those shows, um, and I still had never acted on film. I didn't act on film until the past three years. Right. So all those IMDb credits, you'll notice, are in the past, like, three to four years. Right. Because I never, I mean, I'd never done film. So uh, a guy took over. He used to be, this, his name is Mike Rademakers. He used to be the stand-in for John Goodman for a number of years. Okay. So, so he was the executive director at the time. He took over about the third show that I did there. He took over at the Hill Country Community Theater. And he said, why haven't you ever done this professionally? I said, well, I mean, I tried when I got out of high school and, and I was in college. Because I went to college for, for performing arts. Okay. And then uh, and I decided that, well, my dad kind of, I love my dad to death, but he, he put the fear of God into me. He's like, well, what are you going to do for a living? I'm like, well, Dad, I'm going to act. He's like, yeah, but what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to act. Yeah, well, like, how are you going to pay bills? But I'm, I'm going to be an actor. It's like, yeah, so what about food? 
So I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe he's got something here. So, you know, I did research and noticed that only 1% of any actors kind of think about, and, and back then, you know, I was young, so I wanted to be, you know, a star. I wanted to be Robert De Niro. I wanted to be Al Pacino. I wanted to, you know, right. well, I didn't realize that there's a way to make a living without being Al Pacino and without being Robert De Niro and without being Brad Pitt, and without being Harrison Ford. So I had sent off all of my headshots and resumes to everybody. I got, went to a, a Barnes and Noble, got a little book that said casting uh, addresses uh, for all the casting directors and agents throughout the country. Oh, and wow. I sent my headshot and resume to just about everybody and got nothing. Oh, nothing came back. So I was like, well, maybe this isn't for me. And that's when I took my, my hiatus. Well, Mike said, well, you know, you can, you can submit on the internet now. I said, what? He's like, yeah, there are casting sites on the internet. I'm like, no, the internet's for like amazon.com and, and like porn. That's, that's the only thing the internet's for. It's, I mean, it's like, no, no, there's, there's, there's casting sites. Sure enough, I went out on a casting site, submitted, and I've been doing film ever since. Uh, and that was three years ago. I, and I've just been doing film and doing film. And then I, of course, wrote my first feature screenplay. And then, uh, so it just kind of snowballed after that. Well, what made what made you go beyond acting and and start stepping into the more behind the scenes things like producing, writing, directing? I see your costume yeah. designer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, uh, and it happens on a lot of these independents, and that's where I've gotten a lot of the the costume designer credit and the set coordinator credit, and this, but then a lot of independent stuff where like there's a lot of people who are you know, they, they, they're making something, but they don't have the talent or the time or whatnot to make some, but I have a lot of, I've done a lot of things over my life. So I have, I, I do woodworking. I've done uh, metalworking. I've done, you know, uh, um, uh, um, costume, well, made my own cosplay costume. So I, I mean, I've got all these other tools. I said, well, what do you need? And they're like, well, we need a costume. It looks like this. I'm like, I probably can make that at home. I'm like, just, you know, give me. so I put something together and I'm like, that's exactly what we're looking for. So I got a costume designer credit there. Then somebody needs something built for a set. I'm like, well, well, what do you need? And I'm like, I got the wood at home. I can build this, you know? So I would build it and I would bring it to the set and it would be like, this is exactly. So that's, that's kind of how, how I got into all that other stuff as well. The writing, the writing was weird. Um, because I had this idea for the, for, for this movie that I've had it mulling around in my brain for a while. Okay, and it was just it was just sitting there because as all writers do, uh, an idea just sits there and sits there and sits there and sits there. And then current climate and current events and current everything kind of made me go, you know what? I should break this because I, I had this one scene in mind. I had this one scene in mind, and that's what I wanted to write. And I wanted to do that. I was going to do this a short. I was just going to do this western short. That's it. Right. So I wrote the middle scene. Uh, I basically wrote this like like Lucas wrote Star Wars. I wrote the f screenplay. I t did the middle first, so I was like, okay, I, I did. I'm like, well, let me, let me see if I can write what comes before this, you know, because I want to be able to flesh this out for if people ask, you know, what happened before. So then I wrote before. I'm like, wow, okay, well, how does this end? So I, so in 48 hours, I wrote a 106 page screenplay. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I just you know adding after I wrote the the, the middle piece, it was literally a four page piece. That's it. It started as four pages, and then I went back to the beginning and started and hit that insert key. Just kept hit hit the insert key and just started going. And then afterwards, I just went afterwards, and I got done after two days. I was like, I have a hundred and six, a hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, a hundred and nine page at that point in time, hundred and nine page screenplay. Wow. 
yeah, but is this any good? You know, <laughs> is, is, is this any good? This is the first thing I've ever written. Is this any good? I mean, everyone believes or like a, a Hemingway or a, uh, a Tolstoy. I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I don't know. I, well, let me, let me. So I sent it out to a couple of film uh, screenplay festivals, and I won the first one that I was in. Oh, then wow. I won uh, uh, the second one that I was in. Then I was a semifinalist and a winner of a, a specialized category in the third one I was in. Then I won the fourth one I was in. And I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe this has got some legs. Maybe. So I sent it off to a couple friends because I just shot a bunch of westerns that that summer. This is the this is the this is last summer. Okay. And I sent it off to a couple a couple of my friends who I shot westerns with, and they're like, "This is a damn good script. This is a really good script, especially with what's going on now." Because I'm not giving a, enough of it away, but there's there's a lot of tension and, and, and angst, and, and there's the, uh, a lot of, of racism and, and, and anti racism and whatnot in in my script. Right. So so uh, and they said this is the perfect time to make this with everything that's going on right now. This is perfect. It's, it's the perfect time to make it. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, but how am I going to make? So I got one person that said, like, well, this is what you do. You go do this, and and you go make an indie go go, and you do that, and and you you get your production crew in place first, and whatnot. So I did. I went and got a production crew in place. So basically, what I did is I pulled on every marker that I've ever had, <laughs> because doing a lot of independent stuff. Like I said, I did that cheap cook and bottle washer stuff for everybody and whatnot, and I did some stuff for free and whatnot. And then finally, I was like, all right, time to pay up. Right. So I called a bunch of those people. I called the DP that I had done a couple free things for. And I said, Hey, guess what? I need a DP. He's like, well, my normal rate is I'm like, yep, I know what your normal rate is. Remember when I did those three shoots for you for nothing? <laughs> well, guess what? You're going to give me a much lower rate. <laughs> oh. He was like, you, he's like, you know what? You're right. Uh, I'm like, okay, cool. Then another the, uh, sound guy. He's like, yeah. Here's my daily rate. Yeah. I know what your daily rate is. But remember when I was on that shoot with you and you needed sound help and I helped you with that? Here's the rate you're going to give me. <laughs> <laughs> so I started calling in a lot of those favors. And um, I basically figured out we can, we can do this. And I sat down. I crunched all the numbers. Like, I can actually do this whole entire film for $60,000. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow. Okay, this is with period costumes. This is with everything to the letter. Right, I've got, uh, I've got Native American people who are part of the like Native American um, uh, talent coalition. They're on board as 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 advisors. I've got a guy, two historians um, of of uh, both the northern side of the war and the southern side of the war, and in and Reconstruction era because this takes place during Reconstruction. Right. Uh, I got these guys and they were like, yeah, I'm like, well, we won't charge anything. We'll just, we'll, we'll just give you our advice and tell you what to do. We'll read through the script and tell you where it's right and tell you where it's wrong. I was like, great. You know, so I've got that on. We've got actual cavalry attire for reconstruction cavalry people. We, uh, and I got that at like a, a great rate because there's a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy. So I was like, you know, I, I don't need, we don't need a million dollar budget. Right. We just need 60 grand. I'm like, well, I can get 60 grand. I should be able to get, I have 3000 followers on Facebook, which is funny because you realize how many followers you don't have on Facebook for real. When you start an Indiegogo campaign. Yeah. <laughs> because we have, yeah, we have 28 backers. Now granted we've got uh, $8,000 from the 28 backers that we have in 24 hours, right. which was great, but we need to get the 60, you know? So, 
you know, I, I mean, uh, I, people are, are, are chipping in and you, I'm telling people like, and it's true. You can give me five dollars. I, home runs are great. If someone wants to give me 60 grand, I'll take it, but I'll take singles all day long. You can, uh, I'm, I'm like a stripper at this point in time. I'll take singles <laughs> all day long. You know, uh, I, I don't care. Um, so, so that's kind of where we're, we're, we're focusing at now because, uh, um, like I said, we're 14% the budget with one day. We've got 29 days left of the campaign, but I mean, it, it, it started off really well today, which is the second. So it's kind of gotten a little bit slower, but it should pick up as we go on and, and, and things like that. So uh, we had our casting call and it, it went well, and we're about to start announcing our cast as well. So hopefully that'll start bringing in some stuff. So it's, uh, it was, it was crazy. It's scary as hell though. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I like I like to take this opportunity to announce that I have been casted in the movie I play the main whore. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, the movie we are talking about is uh, Chance and Circumstances. Is, am I correct? Yes, Chance and Circumstance. Yep. All right. So uh, you kind of you kind of gave a little bit of what it's about and all that. Is this is this a uh, particular type of film that that you prefer doing, like westerns, like uh, period westerns? Uh, oh, man, I just love the West. I and I'm a, and I'm a northerner, and that's actually part of the funny thing. It's like basically the logline. I'll give you the logline of the of the movie. The logline is two ex West Point graduates who fought on separate sides of the Civil War reconnect at after the Civil War, but they're going to have to fight uh, something from their past if they're ever going to have a, any kind of future. So that's the logline. Um, and I'm a northerner, but my grandfather loved westerns. Loved right. westerns, Louis L'Amour, uh, um, um, John Wayne, uh, Jimmy Stewart, uh, uh, like all the all the classics, all the classics stuff. The Man Who Shot Liberty, Valance, The Shootist, um, Real Grand, all that. He, and he would watch it all the time. He was a northerner too, so I, but he just loved the West. Right. And I can remember sitting down Saturdays with my grandfather and just watching western after western after western after western, and it just reminded me of a time that you know I really enjoyed you know, spending time with my grandfather. Now he's passed as a, uh, he passed many years ago, but I thought, you know what? I don't think all of the stories from the West have been told because we always get the good guy and the bad guy and show down at high noon. And that, well, there's way more stories than that, that are out there. Way more stories. Well, one of, and, one of the things that um, seems attractive to me is that you're incorporating not only the, uh, the aftermath of the civil war, but you're also not following the mainstays of, of Western culture, you know, your doc holidays and your Wyatt Earps or your Billy, the kids, you're, you're actually taking a look at people that probably aren't in history book, you know, and, yeah. and telling their story. And I think that's something yeah. that that's exceptional to it. I think that's something that's missing in the uh, Western genre. Cause I love, yeah. I love yeah, Westerns because... too, but nine times out of 10, I pick up a Western movie. It's tombstone or Wyatt Earp you know, or, or the unforgiven <laughs> and it's, it's yep. as yeah. great as they are. They're still, they've been done. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the thing about this is it's set in a Western backdrop, but it's making I, it, the great thing about, I think my plane, I think why it's captured everyone's imagination and why it won so many is because it takes what's kind of going on today and it takes life as a whole, but just sets it in the West. And it kind of shows you how, yeah, we've come a long way, but we really haven't come that awful damn far. We really haven't. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what this is about. It's just about interactions. It's just about human interactions and, and, and how people's lives can change in two seconds 
um, and how even though their lives can change in two seconds, when everything's said and done and everything gets back to normal, some people are fine with that. We're back to normal. Everything's great. Like the, 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 the main characters, like I said, you've got two that fought on opposite sides of the Civil War. No, but after the Civil War's over, they're like, you know what? It's water under the bridge. Done. Over with. You fought yep. on your side. I fought on my side. We lost. Okay. You know, and, and that's the thing. You know, that's the thing is that there were families that did that. That, you know, there were families who brothers fought against brother. And after it was over, guess what? It's over. We're done. Right. <laughs> you know, and it was never talked about again. It was a war. It happened. We're all home. We're all alive. All our fingers are in one place. All our toes are. We're good. You know, everything's good. You know, but what we normally see in the Western is the angry Southerner and the angry Northerner, and they're angry at each other, and they're angsty about this, and they're angsty towards each other about that. And that ain't, this ain't that. <laughs> you know, this is about people trying to live a normal life after all that's happened and trying to pick up their pieces. Um, and then realizing that even though you pick up your pieces, there's always going to, your, your past is always going to kind of come back to you. So basically their past kind of comes back, you know, and, 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 threatens their future and they and they have to try and figure out a way around that and i think we all have that happen to us well see that, all of that, us that's something that's we all have of... a past sorry go ahead yeah we all have a past and uh, and people try to try to avoid it but you know what when you just confront it take care of it things normally go much better for you <laughs> well see that that's some of the things that's running through my head thinking about this film it's like you know Number one, I think, especially like in, in real life, you know, a lot of people, if they even study the Civil War, because uh, I had an uncle who was a, a Civil War reenactor. So, yeah. you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of fil- he actually played an extra in the film Gettysburg. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> he's unfortunately he's passed away a couple of years ago. But, uh, yeah, he, he was a Civil War reenactor and uh, he, he was a war buff. He he collected yep. things from all the history uh, wars of history and all um yep. but a lot of what i'm thinking about is like a lot of people really don't realize that there is an aftermath to war it, it's never really looked into historically film wise it's always you know okay the civil war happened and the proclamation of you know and 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 then it was over and everybody did and, whatever they did. Yep. Yeah, and the United States was just the United States again. You you don't really know the story of the after afterwards, you know? And so that's definitely interesting. But the question I was going to ask is, uh, with, with touching on a lot of things that are handled, handled today, and, of course, dealing with two uh, military soldiers who fought on di- opposite ends of the war, are we going to ha- uh, see a little bit of uh, postpartum, or not postpartum, uh, PTSD? As a matter of fact, there is a little bit of that. There is, there is a scene that, and that's actually where all of this, that's where the movie started. That's when, that's when the movie started. The movie started actually with two basically veterans sitting down talking about what happened. You know, that, that, that's where the movie started for me. Okay. And, uh, and I wrote that scene. You know, it's just two guys, two war veterans who, again, far on opposite sides, and they're just talking about their experiences from the opposite sides of the war and how it's affected them and, or how they've refused to let it affect them. You know, because even though they refuse to maybe uh, uh, take on, it's affected them. It's affected them at such a deep level that, like, one of them was like, well, well we were always right. And one of them is not that we were wrong, but, like, I get it now. You know, right. I get it. 
I totally get it now. I get where you guys were coming from. And he's like, I get where you guys were coming from. I totally get it now. You know, so, and, and that's where the whole movie started. It started basically with a PTSD talk <laughs> about, about how, you know, how do we get past this? How do we get beyond this? How do we make sure that, you know, we, we integrate ourselves into the world as a whole that has now dramatically changed while we were, you know, basically shooting at each other. How, how do we do that? Which speaks volumes to, to modern day veterans re reassociating back into society after, you know, being overseas towards the duty and everything else. And, and a lot of them, mm -hmm. a lot of them do wind up, you know, not knowing how to reincorporate. I think that's going to touch base. I'm, I'm excited. I want to see this now. Um, the two things I, I definitely got to bring in is number one, I've got to bring in the fact that the, you are doing an Indiegogo and down in the description of this video or this audio podcast will be a link to that Indie Indiegogo. Please guys, a dollar, $5, $500, $5,000, $50,000, <laughs> whatever you can pitch towards to, to help get this movie out and 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 when it releases how is it going to release like how how will people especially the people that, that donate be able to see this this film yeah great so that's a good question so the way it's going to go right now is even on our, our indiegogo we've got like perks that are available for folks okay. so um like at the five dollar level i will go online i've already done it for like like 20 people already i will go online and shout out your name to the heavens and if you want to if you got a business you want to still i'll show your business while i'm giving you a shout out because i have a YouTube channel that's got about 10,000 subscribers. I've got uh, um, uh, uh, my, my own Facebook that has 3,000 people who look at it. And then we've got the Chance and Circumstance film group that's got about 800 people on it right now, but it's growing like every day right now because of all the buzz that's happening. Right. Um, so for, the, for $5, I'll show whatever you want. You've got you know, shoe polish. I'll put it on <laughs> uh, you know, my boots and show people how well it works. I don't care. Um, so that's, that's my $5 donation. And for a dollar, you know, I'll, I'll even do a shout out for a dollar. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so then there's uh, the, tw uh, is it tw yeah, then it's, um, uh, $20, uh, $20 gets you a copy of the script signed and by all the principal cast that was used on, on set. Okay. $50, no, no, I'm sorry. A hundred dollars gets you a signed movie poster by all of the principal cast that you can frame the, the 24 by 36. Okay. Um, 500 gets you a set used prop and I'll give you my, my gun belt. I don't care because I own, I own it. I'll give it away. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, nice. so you will get a set used prop, um, from either, you know, a gun belt, a deck of cards. Um, there's other things I can't mention cause those are, those are, those are uh, um, um, spoilers. I don't want to mention any spoilers, no, no spoilers. uh, but yeah, there'll, <laughs> yep, there'll be, there'll be some, there'll be some really cool stuff there too. For a thousand dollars, you get a producer credit for $3,000. I will pay for you to stay at a hotel near where we're filming and you will come on set and be a extra featured extra with the principal cast. And even if it doesn't make the cut, you will get that real footage for yourself. So you can say, look, I was in, I was on set. I was on this set. Nice. And you will also get everything else. So it's cumulative. You give, you give the, the 3000, you get everything. You get the movie poster, everything. So when we actually get it done filmed, we are going to have a premiere here at the Alamo draft house okay. in Austin. Then we are going to try because we're filming in, uh, in Texas and Oklahoma. Right. And I have a friend who, who's got a place in Oklahoma. We are going to, we are actually going to have a premiere there as well. 
Then after those premieres go on, we are going to get it on. If we can't get distribution, we're going to DVD it and send it out to everybody okay. who's donated. If, 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 if that if we don't get distribution, but I have a couple of distribution channels that are very, very interested, but they want to see it. They want it done right. <laughs> before they, before they say anything. So uh, I, it may be in theaters, but at the very least I myself will pay to put it on Amazon and it will be on Amazon and people can see it there. Now, do you intend to take it also out into the uh, film festivals? I mean, it is it for for lack of a better yes. term, it is still an indie film. You intending on Cannes and uh, Sun Sundance yep. festivals? Yep. Yep. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to submit it to cons. I'm going to submit it to uh, Sundance. I'm going to submit it to South by Southwest. Those are my three big ones that I'm going to submit it to, and then I'm going to submit it to everybody that I've already submitted just the script to. I'm going to submit the feature film to them as well. I think this one could take off for you. It, just, just off the little that I know about it, having a conversation with you today. And, you know, I'm not saying that because I'm the interviewer talking. I'm saying it as a film, a film goer. And this is something I would want to go see. You yeah. Know, I think, I think, yeah. This and, is and that's, that and that's what we strive to do. We really strive to make this something that, like I said, it wasn't the tropes. We weren't pulling out all the tropes. You know, we were, we were doing just a human story in a backdrop because I just love the West. I, just, <laughs> I think I think it's going to be nice that it's it's it, it sound and I, I could be completely wrong here and stop me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like it's more of a human drama set in the backdrop of the old West than what a typical Western is, which is you know the the, the showdown at the OK Corral, or, you know, or riding off into the sunset, and you know gunfights every ten minutes in the street or or bar fight in the tavern or something like that, like, like your typical spaghetti Westerns. Yeah. So that's, no, it really is completely, humanizing. it is completely different. And, and the funny thing is, is you mentioned spaghetti Westerns, it is going to be filmed in that vein. I wanted that Sergio Leone look to it, right. but I wanted it to be a completely different Western. So I'm using the same tactics, the same framings, the same, uh, close-ups and, and sweeping shots. I'm using the same shots, but I'm telling a different story. I'm telling this story a different way. I'm telling a story about human interaction between basically a set of four people. Okay. So there's, there's, there's four people that are really, really integral to the plot, you know, and then there's of course the, the fifth person, which is the antagonist. And I mean, he's integral, but you don't know much about that person until like toward the end. Right. You know, and that, and that, and that's, and that's the whole thing. It's like, it's, it's about all of these human interactions. It's about people just interacting and people, looking at things from their point of view and trying to see things from everyone else's point of view. And then there's the problem and the problem has to be resolved. And now you've got all these people with different backgrounds and different ideas that all go, okay, well, how are we going to take care of this? <laughs> and again, there are there gunfights? Of course there are. It's the West. There, right. But I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Every single one of my gunfights, there is a reason there's a gunfight. It's not just this flash leather, you know, and, 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 you know, pull steel and, 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 and shoot every time a weapon. And that was a big thing. I wanted to make sure every time a weapon is shot in this, there is something behind that. Right. It's not just, it's not just, I got to kill this guy. It's well, you know, what, what, what are my options, you know, and, and what is this bullet statement making? And that's exactly what I did with every single gun shop basically that's in here 
Well, see, that, that, that makes sense to me. Even the bad guy has a reason. It's not just because he's twirling his mustache, you know, waiting no. for the train to come, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay. no, I mean, and that's the thing. And, and normally I play the bad guys. I normally play this time. I'm playing a good guy in this because I wrote it for myself. So I'm going to play a good guy. So for once, um, but the bad, and this is what a lot of people don't do. And I mean, I try to do this a lot because I normally play the bad guy. The bad guy's coming from a different place. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying he's misunderstood and he's mistaken. <laughs> right. But, but he believes what he believes for a reason. You know, as much as people hate to hear that these people who everyone considers bad people, there's a reason they believe that. Right. Our, our job is to figure out why. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing with even the, the, the bad folk in this is there's a reason they think that way, you know, right. and we've got to delve into that to try and, you know, to, to, to figure it out. And again, I think that's something that's really refreshing because I mean, you know, not to throw real world, uh, implementations in, into fa- uh, fantasy here, but I mean, not everybody's born Adolf Hitler. But for some reason, no. we all think that anybody who's who's on the opposite end of morality that we are, usually we figure they're just like him, his mentality or something. And he's not. They're not. Nine times out of ten, there's still people who have mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, wives, husbands. Just because they yep. think a little differently doesn't mean they're necessarily bad. They may be wrong or misinformed, but not necessarily bad. Exactly. And then, and then again, to any, ever change that way of thinking, to ever change anyone's way of thinking, you've got to understand where they're coming from. You have to. If you just uh, think about this, if you just try and take a square peg and fit it into a round hole, well, yeah, sooner or later, you'll chafe off the sides of it. And it'll fit in there. Okay. Right. But did it really fit or did it just go through? It just went through. Right. Okay. And that's the difference. Like right now, I mean, and this is why we're making it now. If you look at it now, you've got the left and you've got the right who are just arguing and yelling and screaming at each other on a routine basis. You know, you're evil, you're snowflake, you're this, you're that. None of them are sitting down going like, well, why do you think that that way? Right. Well, what, 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 what has led you to think this way and to think that that's the only way and then to take it apart and go, okay, well, I see what you're saying, but do you realize this? Well, no, I didn't realize that. Well, are you sure about that? And again, it, that's where change occurs. That's right. where all change occurs. When you can actually sit down across with somebody and go, look, I get what you're saying, but have you ever thought of trying this? Well, no, I never have. Oh, well, why don't we give that a try and see what happens? Uh, okay. Instead of being entrenched in, nope, my side said that this is the way it's got to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what does that mean that your side said this is the way it's got to be? What, what facts do they have? Well, I don't know, but they said that this is the way it's got to be. I'm, okay, that doesn't work for me. It totally doesn't work for me. So let's sit down and have a conversation of why they think that. Because maybe I'm wrong. Right. Maybe I'm 100% wrong. You know, Help me understand why I'm wrong then. And nobody today is willing to sit down and do that. And that's what this movie is trying to, to coalesce is like, let's sit down and let's talk about why. I think, I think it's a novel idea. And I, I hope, I hope people who see the film, not only enjoy the film, but I hope they get that message. 
I really yeah. do. Yeah. But uh, and, and that like I said, that's why we've decided to do it now because of the climate, because of everything and whatnot. And I think that's probably why I ended up writing it as fast as I did. <laughs> it's because, you know, I saw what was kind of going on and I saw that and I was like, wow, you know, because I've got family members who are on the opposite side of where I am and we can actually sit down and talk, you know, but I know people who just look at them and call them a name because they said something somewhere on Facebook or they posted something or whatnot and they don't know the story behind the person. You know what I you know, And that's what this is about. You know, again, not to get not to get too personal or or whatever, but I I, I know you're a friend on Facebook, and you've probably seen wall posts from me. Uh, yep. To to guess straight out that I'm that I call myself right a center, and yep. Quite quite honestly, um, I mostly post what I post to piss people off who were just radicalized. You know what I mean? I don't do it yeah, because it, I, I believe in it. Actually, I sit there and laugh at it nine times out of ten just to watch people's responses to it. Yeah, <laughs> and the funny thing is is people have, have failed the ability to take some things with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's just being a joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's just doing something funny. You know, no, now it's like, oh, no, that's, that's, that's completely wrong. I've got to tell him how wrong he is. Well, before the Internet occurred, okay, I could be wrong at home and nobody fucking told me how wrong I, oh, I don't know if I can swear. Nobody told me you how can. wrong I was. Okay. <laughs> nobody told me how wrong I was. I could be as wrong as I wanted to. And I didn't have 90 people telling me you're wrong. Right. Uh, okay. And not instead of just saying you're wrong again, here we go back to why do you think that way? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Because, and, and see, and you, you would say yourself, you're, 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 you're center, right. I'm center left. Okay, I 100% believe in Second Amendment rights. You should be able to have a gun. I don't care. Well, it's okay. kind of we need kind of standard in Texas, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I think you get one like whenever you buy like a big gulp. I think yeah, yeah but I, I've, I've passed up on mine for the past like three years because I already have one. But like, I think you should be able to to, to to own a handgun. Now, I mean, and then uh, like I said, you've got people who are so far out there like. And then they're like, well, you know, why well, I want to go own a, own a, uh, a rocket launcher. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk for a minute here. Really? Uh, a rocket launcher. What, what deer are you hunting? Right. Are you hunting some really big, badass deer out there. Who's got a human call. I don't think you are. So I don't think you need a rocket launcher. I'm not going to say you don't, or you do. I'm going to leave it up to the government. Okay. But those, a lot of those uh, Second Amendment, the way right Second Amendment people are like, well, they can come pry it out of my cold, dead hands. Trust me, if the government wants your guns, they're going to come pry it out of your cold, dead hands. You don't need an invitation. They're going to come do it anyway because they've got tanks and what, they've got all this stuff. I'm sorry, but your AR-15 is really not going to help you. It's <laughs> not going to. If the government really wants to get those weapons, guess what? It's going to happen. <laughs> well, our the, job is to vote. I, I would argue. I would argue that one or two things would occur. The way you say it, yes, the government will just steamroll through, and there's nothing we're going to be able to do yeah. about it. Or it will incite a reason to create a sequel for this, uh, for chance and circumstance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, and and that that's that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's like okay, well, then now what? You know, okay, so now we've got a different kind of a war going on in our country. Not a war of words. Now we've got a war against the government against the people. That could happen. It's happening. I don't think it will. I think that the framers were smart enough to put a bunch of stuff in in, in, in good enough way that we could 
again, sit down. Like, here's a case in point. Madison and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and Hamilton hated each other. They right. despised each other. But they could have a conversation. They could sit down and talk. They could talk about why an article of impeachment is not a proper article of impeachment and why it is a proper article of impeachment or what we should do about that. They could sit down and talk about how – and Thomas Jefferson said it best. I have never found a difference in political ideology to be a reason to lose a friend. And we've lost that as a country. We've lost it. Yes, we have. We've completely lost it. Okay? And remember, Jefferson was a slave owner. Okay? So his hands weren't clean either. Okay? But that's a really good point. Why, just because someone thinks differently from me, should they not be my friend? Exactly. As a matter of fact, we should embrace those people who think differently than us because when you surround yourself just by the people that believe the way you do, you isolate yourself. Becomes an echo And when chamber. you isolate yourself, you radicalize yourself. And when you radicalize yourself, then nothing, there's nothing else but what you think. And nothing ever gets repaired. So nothing gets repaired, nothing gets fixed, nothing gets done. Now I did, I did make a, I did make a joke about this, um, about, about the, the, you know, or, or a war could come on and you'll have a reason to create a sequel in this world, yeah. in this world of, uh, of franchises, let, let's call it, you know, mm-hmm. universes. I mean, you know, three, three examples that of course come to mind first and foremost is star Wars, Marvel and DC. Yeah. Any chance you may uh, revisit chance and circumstance? Maybe start. Taking I definitely a look at would some probably revisit the characters because at the end of the film, at the end of the film is at the end of the story, and normally it never is. I mean, normally the end of any film is, is unless everybody dies. Uh, I, I mean, then it's the end of the film, right? And then it's the end of the story. But these characters have more to say, and if this is received well, yeah, yeah, I could see a sequel to this. Maybe, you know, maybe visiting circumstances some other... revisited. <laughs> <laughs> visit visit some other soldiers or, or God forbid, like slave owners and, and now freed slaves or, you know, yeah. many different stories in that in that time frame could probably come out of this. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean and that's the other thing is that even in, in a lot of these I mean franchises and whatnot, and I thought about this on some is it doesn't have to be even about these characters. It could be about the people that these characters' lives touch. Right. You know, so basically, I guess you would call the spinoff. If that's what you wanted to call it, you would call the spinoff. Sure. You know, but yeah, because there are more stories in the South to be told than what we've been told. That's the big thing. Is that and the more I read about the South, and the more there's more there than just what we've been shown. Absolutely. Now, of course, the the, the big question, the, the probably the final question I can I can ask besides, uh, you know, where can people find you? The, the the question is you get you get chance and circumstances made you know everybody everybody after listening to you on on breaking the fourth wall is is just opening their wallet and absolutely you know donating in you've got more money than you need to make this movie happen this movie is now out and produced and going what's next what's next uh what's next for me is going to be probably I'm going to uh, uh, take a break for probably a month after we get wrapped and everything's actually in the can and done. And then I'm back to acting for a while until, until these characters of this world talks to me again. And then I'll, I'll be right back at it. I'll be right back at writing something and producing it and taking all the people that have been in this and, 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 and lifting them up to the next level as well. That's, that's the next thing. Uh, 
is that I just want to continue to do what I love to do, what I've been blessed to be able to do um, because I didn't for the longest time. I remember it was that 13 years in between where I didn't do anything. Right. You know, I just, I was a corporate shill and I hated it. (laughs) So that's what's next for me is enjoying being able to do what I do. And basically, I mean, not working a day in my life because I'm doing what I love. That's what's next for me. Um, and like I said, if chance of circumstance takes off there, I just wait for that world to talk to me again and go, Hey, hello. Remember me? Here's another story. And then away it'll go. Well, I'll, I'll remind, I'll remind any independent filmmaker at all times. I will always remind them of one little independent film named star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It can happen. George wanted to be independent of the Hollywood film uh, scene, and he created one of the mm-hmm. biggest films of all time, a franchise to this day yes, that did. still goes on. So it can happen. You never know. <laughs> the very funny story that I've read about Star Wars, because Star Wars is one of my favorites. I do Han Solo cosplay. While I was talking about cosplay, I'm normally Han Solo. That's the cosplay <laughs> I always do. Nice. <laughs> um, um, Harrison Ford is walking down, because one of the earliest shots, I guess, that they did was the, the ballroom scene. Or not the ballroom, the, the ceremony. The big ceremony at the end. Right. Of course, remember, people who, people who don't, don't make movies, they don't see how the sausage is made, believe that they shoot it in order. Guess what? I'm gonna hate to break it for you, but they don't. Right. So, so they shot that first, and I guess uh, it was Harrison Ford, and Mark Hamill are walking down with uh, Peter Mayhew because it's the three walking down there, and Harrison Ford tells a story about how he can hear these people just laughing and giggling, you know, the whole entire time, and he finally picked up on what they were saying. They're like, well, "This is what a crock this thing is going to be. It's right. going to be the biggest freaking piece of crap on the face. There's a walking rug." Do you see that the walking rug going? Who's going to watch this? You know, and of course they're doing it in the English accent. It's like, who's going to watch this? This is this is insane. Why is a large chihuahua walking down the middle of the? You know, so and 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 Harrison Ford was like, "What have I done? What? What is, have I have I have I screwed myself over? Is this is this the end?" <laughs> <laughs> and 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 by the way, Harrison Ford, only person whose career wasn't ruined by Star Wars. Uh, the only, technically, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, so no, no, it's not. So stop listening to the people around you who are naysayers and go like, that's dumb or that's stupid or that's dumb. Listen to the people who support you and go, okay, let's do it, but maybe not do it that way. And that's why I have a really good executive producer. It's a guy by the name of Dean Christensen. I met him on one of the uh, shoots that I was on and he uh, agreed to be the executive producer because I know that I can, I can over do something I can say like, well, we need all this and we need 75 horses and we need like 44 cavalry men. And we need, and he's like, um, we don't have money for that. There's this, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, okay. So what can we do Dean? And, and that, that's what you surround yourself with people, you know, have a great vision have, and have people go like, um, okay, that's good. I like where you're going, but we don't have the money for that. So here's what we can do. How can we make this work? And then make it work. Right. That's the big thing for independent filmmakers is do, take what you've got and make the best of what you can with what's given to you. And, and, and that's the thing. Like we've got, like I said, eight grand in right now, if it stops today, well, it stops today. And then my, my, my feature doesn't become a feature. It becomes a much shorter film. It becomes a, <laughs> <laughs> it becomes a much shorter film. Um, because I, this is the first time, cause this happens in Texas a lot. There is nobody on my set not getting paid. I am tired. I am so tired of people 
not paying people and doing feature after feature after feature. And I don't know if this happens in other parts of the country, but I can tell you in Texas, because it's not a, a union state and I'm not a big union person, but I am a person who believes in uh, uh, getting, giving people their due. Right. Not, I'm, I'm talking about not even getting gas money. Okay. To come and make a feature film for somebody. That's BS. Okay. I'm, I'm done with that. So everyone on my film is getting paid. And that's why I need the $60,000 because I want to pay everybody, even if it's only $40 for my background or whatnot, or everyone's getting something. Right. You know, and I, I, cause I'm not going to make a free film. I, what I'm doing is like I said, I am trading on what I've done for free to get this done at a lower rate. Right. I don't want my people on my film to ever have to do that. I want them to be able to go like, Hey, first film I was in, I was getting paid. It would be nice. Again, speaking speaking from an independent professional wrestler standpoint, I spent 20 years in the wrestling industry. I could tell you a, a greater part of two years of it, I never saw a dime. Yep. You know, whether it was because of shisty promoters or just you agreed to do it for free because the crowd was low or whatever, what have you. I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. You put your blood, sweat, and tears in and have nothing to show for it. <laughs> exactly and that's why like i said for this and i've even done some things like like i do a lot of stuff for the student because i live not far from ut and ut has a great rtf program radio television and film program and i'll do some some scenes for those kids every once in a while mm-hmm. just because i'm like hey you know what they could be the next director they could be the next martin scorsese they could be the next george lucas so you know what <laughs> you know I'll, I'll i'll throw them a bone and do like a, a class a class reenactment of a scene from a movie you know, form, not a problem. Like this past year, I, for some reason, I got like every single Javier Bardem role that was ever made, I guess I did in their, their classes this year. <laughs> so uh, I did like no country for old men. I did Skyfall. I did like every, and they were like, Oh, that's a Javier Bardem guy. I'm like, I don't even look some kind of Spanish. I'm not even close. Um, but uh, I, I did it for them. But now those guys, like I said, when they, yeah, yeah, I'm paying it for it. But the thing is, and I know you know as well, I cannot pay my rent with exposure. Right. <laughs> you know, if, if, my, if my mortgage company took exposure, my house is paid. <laughs> <laughs> my house is paid off. Excuse okay. me while I whip so, this out. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Excuse me. While, oh, well, hit crowd. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> so I mean, I mean and, and for you, and I have a friend actually who did wrestling. I don't know if you know who Chaz Taylor is, but Chaz Taylor is a friend of mine. Um, yeah, he's a uh, tugboat Taylor's son, I believe. Okay. Okay. I yeah. Don't know so uh, he did wrestling. Name. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he did wrestling for a while too. And he does some stunts on stuff and whatnot too. And, 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 and he told me stories about that too, where, you know, I'm like, dude, how did you do that? He goes like, I don't know. To this day, I don't know how I made it through. I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> no clue how I worked for like three months, six months and never made a dime off of stuff. I got no idea. Mm-hmm. No clue. You know, I'm not going to run my set that way. And I'm not going to treat my actors that way. I want my, my treat, my actors, my background, my DPs. My, yes. Are they giving me a lower rate? They are, but they are getting paid. Right. They're getting paid. You know, I am not having anyone come to my set for free. You're stepping foot on my set. You're getting paid. And that, that is something to absolutely respect. Um, especially because of the fact, like you said, in, in, in the film industry in general, whether off the independent circuit, you know, of it or the, the, uh, yeah, the independent circuit of, of filming. It does happen more often than not where it's, uh, you know, you're lucky if you get a sandwich. 
Yeah. Yeah. Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. You know, show up to a set. They're like, oh, food will be included. Pizza. Yeah. I could have ate this at home, man. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't need to come to, I didn't need to come to a set and memorize nine pages of dialogue so I could eat pizza. I could do that at home. <laughs> you know, so that, that, that was, that, that's, that's the big thing that I took from my experience. And, and again, it's, it's, it's about sending the elevator back down. Like I've been able, and like I said, I've been blessed to be able to make enough money to make ends meet. And I have a very supportive support system behind me that, uh, you know, will, will pick me up if I fall down. So I have that as a luxury. And I know that there are a lot of people on these sets who are trying to make it and trying to break in that don't, that don't. So if they're coming out to your set, they're coming out to your set because they're like, I want to make, I, I, this is my, this is a stepping stone for me. Well, if it's a stepping stone for you, I'm going to give you some money. It's really that simple. It's not just going to be a stone. It's going to be a stone with some money. Right. You know, so that, so that they will send the elevator back down when they get to where I am. When they get to where I'm at, they'll be like, you know what? I remember being on Patrick Lascarbo's set for Chance of Circumstance, and it wasn't a lot of money, but he made sure that everybody got paid. I'm going to do that. And, and that's, that's how we raise everything up. And that is an honorable thing to do. And and again, like you said, I, it, 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 it exactly is that. Uh, in wrestling, we called it uh, paving the way. What you did, yep. what you do, it should honor those that came before you, but also set example for those after you and so yes. absolutely that is absolutely something i i i full-heartedly uh respect yeah so that 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 was the big thing that's why the indiegogo because i could have put this together and had a bunch of people just do everything for free for me i could have done that i could have easily done that i could just emptied my bank account and done it i mean i've close to emptied my bank account just to get this thing into pre-production but i mean i could have done that very easily and just said yeah if you want to be in a film Come on, I'm not doing that. I refuse. I refuse because I've seen too many people get taken advantage of, especially, again, in Texas. There are a lot of people, and they know who they are out there. If they hear this podcast, you know exactly who the F you are, okay, who have been doing feature after feature after feature and not even paying people gas money. Dude, if you don't have gas money for people on your set, you don't have money to make a film. Right. Stop. Stop. I can't argue with that. I, I I can't even I can't even play off of that because it's, it's the God's honest truth. You know, people people deserve something for their their labor, their time, their services, and and yep. even even if it's a five even if it's five bucks, it's it's something. You know, and it's just a exactly. good show a show of good faith. But Pat, we are reaching time, so I definitely want to have you back on. I'm de- again. Down in the description below will be the link to the uh, to the uh, Indiegogo to be able to help get Chance and Circumstances uh, completed, so that way we can all see this film and uh, make sure these actors and actresses and and all the behind the scenes people do get their due. <laughs> yes. And yes. Of course, uh, is there anywhere else people can contact you uh, or see more information? Yes, they can either go to the Indiegogo, play, uh, Indiegogo site. There's going to be uh, updates on that frequently. There is a Facebook uh, page called, at, it's, if you put in at Chance and Circumstance Film, that's our, our, our main page. And if you want, I can actually, if you ask to be invited to the Chance and Circumstance fan group, there is one there as well. Um, everybody who donates will be allowed into the Chance and Circumstance fan group. So you'll see 
updates from us as we go on there. We have updates on the, the, the chance and circumstance Facebook group, but on the fan page, you'll get more back back room stuff. You'll get more, you'll see how the sausage is made. <laughs> so yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get a lot of that. Like as, as props come on and as, you know, uh, costumes get done and costume shooting gets done and all that stuff, you'll start seeing some of that. And just, just in the fan group, because that's normally from people who have donated to actually trying to make this film, uh, what it is. Excellent. And of course, guys, for Realm of the Mist Entertainment, if you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, like, share, comment, subscribe, check out all the other great podcasts of Realm of the Mist Entertainment, and of course, jump over to our sister channel, Sounds Dicey Gaming, for all your tabletop RPG needs, as well as video game Let's Plays. And of course, if you prefer the audio format of these uh, podcasts, you can find those on uh, Realm, just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. Again, Mr. Lascarbo, this has been an absolute pleasure. I wish you all the best, and I will have you back on. I, the next time I have you on, I want you telling me that you just wrapped. You got it. <laughs> as soon as we wrap, I'll let you know. Absolutely. And again, guys, I will say it one more time. In the description down below, a dollar will do. Thank yeah, you. it will. Every, do every dollar helps. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in, and I will catch you on the next Breaking the Fourth Wall.